G'day guys, welcome to Chewing the Fat with CB and JY. I am CB, Chris Bryson. And I am JY, James Young. Chris, what a pleasure it is to see you. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. Super stoked to be Zooming with you today, mate, for the first official episode of Chewing the Fat. And I can't wait to do just that, mate. Chew the Fat about all things on the Yeah, the start of a very special relationship here with us and our listeners. Absolutely, mate. How's your week been, Jay It's been good, mate. Um, I've been uh, I've been pretty busy. It's um, it's been a, a couple of days since I managed to take uh, Borussia Dortmund to the European Champions League. So uh, we signed a few a few uh, good young youth products. Uh, managed to pull Kylian Mbappe um, from PSG, and um, I am now the reigning European Championship uh, manager. So, can I just interrupt? Sorry, Joe White. Oh, yeah, sorry, Chris. I have no idea what any of that means. Can you talk English, please? Look, I'm uh, I'm talking football here, so I don't, look, you know, I don't expect you to understand that. It's a uh, a sophisticated game, but football. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I, I've been a big footy fan my whole life and I've never heard of any of those words, mate. You, you have not heard of Borussia Dortmund European Championship. Europe, football's an Australian game. What do you mean European Championship? All right, so, look, we're going to have to agree to disagree here, Chris, but, uh, you know, all I want to say is that my FIFA save is going pretty well. So, Wait, apart from that... So you mean soccer? <laughs> is that what you mean? Mate, who says soccer? What is soccer? Look, I know you're a Western Bulldog supporter, so fair enough you want to bury your head in the sand and not be a massive AFL fan at the minute, but in Australia, mate, where we are, footy is footy. And I just want to quickly pull it back to the Bulldogs for a second there. Do you blame me? Do you blame me at the moment? Well, you have had a very disappointing miserable four seasons since the, uh, the yeah, the, the grand that I put on the Bulldogs sort of flag at the start of the year is starting to look like, uh, like a donation, so... um. And I think my cash out value is about two bucks. Okay. So. You know what? I think I actually can almost have an intelligent conversation about soccer because I actually am a diehard Sunderland fan now after watching Sunderland until I die. Oh, great documentary. Great documentary. Um, can't say I'm a big fan of the sport, man, as, uh, as we've probably just established, but geez, that was that was good watch. Yeah, it was. And I was actually pretty lucky that at the start of a lockdown, they gave us the second season. So, you know, if anyone hasn't watched uh, Sunderland Till I Die on Netflix, get amongst it. It is an absolute... Uh, yeah, it's a work of art. It's a, uh, a really good one to uh, whip popcorn out for. Second best sports documentary I've ever seen behind uh, Two Hours, which I'm not sure if you've watched that one. Two Hours. James, the story of the, uh, the 2011 Premiership, Geelong being Cullen. <laughs> Definitely the best one I've seen. So, okay. All right. um, okay. Anyway, obviously, uh, yeah, all these Netflix and sports documentaries and, and FIFA Conquest, we're talking about these for a reason. It's because... We are in stage four lockdown in uh, in Melbourne, unfortunately, with with this global pandemic that we're going through, and it's it's an interesting time. And we're all finding different ways to obviously keep ourselves entertained and and fill our time and make sure we're not going crazy and, and driving each other up the walls. We're lucky that we can do this in in twenty twenty where we can have Zoom chats, you know, like we're doing at the moment, JY and. You know, I've had uh, pretty regular family trivia nights over Zoom and poker nights with the boys. Oh, which is, we've had that many trivia nights. Which is great. Always. It's, uh, you know, shout out to uh, my good friend David Shimon, who's still, uh, as the man who came last in our previous trivia night, he still has to organise the next one. So he found the show too, Dave. He found the show, David, and we're actually six weeks uh, and counting. Actually, no, we are far longer than that since the last trivia night, and every single week this guy, the great man himself, says that he's uh, coming up with the questions and uh, haven't heard a peep, so... We are, yeah, yeah, we are waiting, David, please. I know you're listening. <laughs> I'm sure we will be listening, uh, along with the 500,000 other listeners that we've got today, James. Yep. But yep. we are going to talk about training during lockdown uh, because that's something that's it's been quite a challenge for a lot of people. Obviously, you and I 
included. Obviously, our industry is the world of fitness is uh, is taking a massive hit, and it's a tough time to be a gym owner. I'm uh, as I said, I'm grateful to be able to come to work every day as a physio. Allied Health, we're deemed essential at the minute, mate. Which I'm You're an uh, essential man. Uh, I'm an essential man at the moment, which I'm very very grateful for. But unfortunately, I'm. I work out of personal training studios and I'm coming into gyms every day. So it's a tough time to be a gym owner and I do give a shout out to JPS Health and Fitness and, and Three Point Training um, who are obviously doing it tough at the moment as, long, as well as all the other gyms and personal trainers out there. But just as far as the everyday person goes, JY, our training's been taken away from this and I want to know your thoughts, mate, because you're the expert in this field. What should we be doing in terms of training during this lockdown now that we can't go to the gym? Well, I reckon... Uh Probably the biggest thing most people uh, who are regular gym goers have is a routine and a consistent uh, approach to their training and their health and fitness endeavours. So I find um, I find the first protocol um, to be to re-establish what the normal is now. So obviously we're all training uh, from home. Um, some of us are able to um, you know train with more equipment than others. Mm. And I guess you know I would say that I'm pretty blessed in the uh, in the um, equipment that I have available to me. So, I thought you were going to say you're blessed with your genetics, with how good looking you are. But well, hey, you know, I think uh, that goes without saying. So, let's keep this on top. <coughs> Sorry, mate. I, um, I advise everybody um, who asks me this question to um, re establish their normal. So, whether that's, um, you know, whether that's a consistent plan of attack with uh, bodyweight exercises or a, uh, you know, a very regular, um, you know, approach to their, um, their eating habits, I think. The, the ability to nail down um, the habits and the consistency um, or the consistent, uh, I guess, achievement of these habits is going to set people up in good stead for post-lockdown. And right now, you know, we are in a global pandemic and I, you know, I, I remind that many people to you know, not forget that this is a pretty big deal. And our, um, our health and fitness... It's, it's kind of a funny one because, like, we are so worried about our health being in a pandemic and at the same time for a lot of us what we consider to be health, you know, our training and our nutrition and things like that are what is suffering. So it's kind of like a weird little paradox. But I think what you said about uh, about routine really resonates with myself because I'm, I'm definitely a man of routine. I like to follow a schedule and yeah. a diary and have a, you know, consistent things that I do this this, yeah. this time and this day and, yeah. and this place. And we can lose a bit of that at the minute, can't we? So yeah. I think that's really important, mate. And I really like what you said about that is just having some sort of routine, even if it is yeah. different to what we would consider normal. Uh, but these times are different, aren't they? So yeah. I think that's really important. But I guess, like, you know, I'll throw it on to you here, Chris. What sort of, you know, changes have you made to your routine? What have you found has been, you know, the biggest shift in focus for you during the last uh, last couple of months? Um, well, in terms of training, obviously, I mean, I was one of the lucky ones that did have access to the gym for a little while when the restrictions were, were a bit lighter. So I've been lucky that I, I could sort of maintain much of, much of what I would normally want to do. I think... You know, leaning away from training and just in life in general. I'm someone that's, I suppose, so used to having such busy weekends, um, you know, playing sport every weekend and seeing my mates. And hey, I'm sorry, can I stop you for a moment there? Dominating at sport, you should have said. Um, I wish I could say that. I'd be lying. Um, trying just to play for the listen, 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 Self self proclaimed king of the uh, the back pocket down at uh, the lines. So. Um, 
I don't even want to say about that, JY. Um, look, I have just to say thank you. <laughs> Ellie's a lucky girl, and you know, I know she's. Uh... Thank you for lying to our listeners, mate. Yeah. Uh, my senior football career has involved two games in the seniors, one of which we lost by 120 points, and the other one we lost by 130 points. And both times the senior coach. Two more than me, mate. Both times the senior coach told me that I was never welcome back, mate. So um, we've been shipping away in the tourists, but we do try. Um, where was I going? Yeah, so routine, mate. I felt lost without being chipped away in the, uh, in the back pocket in the tourists and threw for a little while, mate. And I think look, one tiny little strategy. It's really, really helped me. It's just having to do this. So, I mean, I found myself getting up on a Saturday or a Sunday without 101 things to do and just having 10 or 12 things written down in my notes on my phone to actually tick off has really made me be productive. Um, it seems so, you know, simple, but, you know, you put down things on your do list that you're not going to forget about, mate. It might be, mate, go to the laundromat and dry your towels or go to the shops and buy your food for the week. Like, I'm not going to forget to do that if it's not written down. But just having that written down, I think, has been really powerful to give myself a bit of purpose. Um, yeah in terms of that routine and it's sort of been the same with my training you know still having the time dedicated you know for me three times a week to train and even if that does look a little bit differently without the gym access that we once had um at least have that routine is i think has been really powerful and like you said like most people who do train they uh they write down you know their uh their session to session progress and I think um, you know most uh, most good coaches out there have people um, on structured programs, so they're able to actually you know um, record the data from each session. Um, and nothing really nothing really changes. I feel right now we might not be able to train in that same sense where there is so much structure. You know we might be uh, relegated to only being able to do minimal equipment work, or you know being able to go outside and have a run. But you know I think it's. Being able to record what you're doing, okay, is is such an important mental exercise because <laughs> I think I think setting yourself the time. Um, I'm glad I'm just gonna pause so that we can pause. You can pause. So I think. Um, I think what you said there is really, really, really important and to-do lists and um, actually physically writing down tasks um, does, it does, um, does provide us with a really good foundation to refer back to each day. So um, I'm someone who likes to schedule stuff in. So I know we obviously have a little bit more time now and we're not working around so many other, um, you know, um, other things that we have to get done during the day, but still scheduling regular um, times to train or to um, you know go for a walk or to stay active, I think is is probably the uh, the best start because once you have that um, that time sort of scheduled in, it's a lot easier to to start being consistent with it. Hundred percent, mate. And I think like you know just to build on what you said before, as a man of uh, a man of sport um, and an athlete. You do, um, you know, you do find that Saturday mornings you've got sports structured in or scheduled in, and you've got training on a Tuesday or a Thursday night. You've, you've, you've got a lot already, sort of, um, you know, laid down for you. And losing that, it is a, uh, you know, it is a big, it is a big shift because you know some of us aren't used to then having to take charge of our routine. But we can take charge and recreate that. Yeah, totally. Absolutely, and I think. Um, you know, I think it takes a bit of practice as well. And I think the, uh, you know, sometimes a bit of guidance, um, you know, talking to someone, holding yourself and another person accountable sometimes. Um, 
But it, what, what I'm trying to say, I guess, is that the uh, the the long term, I guess, results that you want to get that you're going to get out of isolation, they're going to come from approaching these consistent little sessions or being consistent with little habits that are uh, you know pushing you in the positive or in in the right direction. So, Jay, one thing I wanted to know um, from you is, and I'm sure a lot of listeners want to know the same thing as well, is without access to the gyms, when we can't actually go and lift any weights at the minute, are we all going to lose our muscle? Are we all going to lose all of our strength? Are we going to lose all our gains, everything we've worked hard for? Like, what is going to happen there? Now, well, long term, you, you know, you've got to be pretty much doing nothing to uh, to really lose most of those gains. So, you know, we're, we're in almost what we'd call a state of maintenance at the moment. We're just trying to focus on ensuring that we're not, um, you know, we're not going backwards. So that's why I say to most people that, like, doing anything is better than doing nothing. And, you know, whilst you might take a, uh, a step back in total strength or in, you know, I guess, uh, in your movement quality on some of the movements that you are unable to complete during uh, during this hard lockdown, because we're in week two now, of a, uh, of a six-week stage four, and then who knows? We'll be back in the gym in no time, and we'll be back to regular routines and programming. So um, if anything, um, you might lose a little bit of the, uh, the, the quality of your, um, of your performance. But like, I feel like if you're focusing on your nutrition, which a lot of us have a good, chance, a good, like, a good opportunity to with a little bit more time, you know, making sure that we're nailing down our protein and not eating... Uh, you know, not eating uh, Barbaloo's large pizzas off Uber Eats, which is um, just a quick shout out to Barbaloo's because we do need a sponsor. Um, please sponsor us, Barbaloo's. Please sponsor us, Barbaloo's. And also, your double beef and bacon is an absolute treat. Can confirm. Uh, can confirm. So, um, so long as you are focusing on your nutrition in some aspect, you're going to be able to maintain um, that, uh, you know, that um, bit of muscle due to the fact that you are completing some form of training. Yeah. Um, and I know, like, you know, a lot of people ask the same question, you know, how can I make my training difficult enough? Well, at the end of the day, as long as you're pushing to some form of, uh, or in towards the realms of failure, whatever movements it is, it doesn't really matter, um, you're going to be maintaining muscle at the very least. So as we all know, overload uh, or progressive overload and pushing the uh, pushing the wheel over time um, is what's going to help lead us to muscle growth. As long as we're stimulating muscle, we're going to uh, ensure that we don't lose it. And yeah. And I suppose with the easiest thing to do for that is push yourself into a gym where you've got 100 billion machines and dumbbells and barbells to use. And it's all well and good to say that, yeah, we can push ourselves and stimulate our bodies. But apart from doing, you know, a thousand push-ups and a million bodyweight squats without any equipment, what, what are the best, most practical ways to maintain, you know, muscle size and strength during this time? So, yeah, no, exactly. Like you said before, um, when you mentioned push-ups, uh, bodyweight exercises are obviously the most easy um, way to train. Um, you're able to use bands. You're able to use kitchen um, equipment. Like, you can fill up a, uh, a couple of coal shopping bags with, um, with cans, yeah. and uh, you can start creating some pretty uh, ghetto dumbbells that way. But the, um, you know, obviously not having access to the usual stuff is more, I feel, a... Um, you know, it makes it harder for people who are very uh, used to their regular training. Mm-hmm. I think it takes takes an element of getting creative. That's it. We do have to be creative, don't we? I like that. You know, I suppose, correct me if I'm wrong, but our bodies don't know if uh, if we're using fancy dumbbells, man, or if we do have a body has cans no idea drink what bottles you're in doing. a shopping bag or in a backpack, or if you're you know if you're doing squats with a barbell or doing squats with your missus on your back, mate, like... Pretty much. <laughs> your body's only going to tell... You know, well, your, all your body can tell is, is it difficult enough and what are we working here? 
um, to put it really, really simply. So whether it is a shopping bag or your missus, it doesn't really matter too much. So I actually, you know what, I have seen someone on uh, on Instagram bench pressing their miso. So, I like it. you know, I um, I think that that's a, uh, a good way of doing it. I don't know, um, you know, who would be more uncomfortable for <laughs> the people watching or the miso, but it's, uh, it's all about just sort of mucking around with what you have available. So I like it, mate. So I suppose what you're saying is pushing yourself as hard as you possibly can within your limits, taking yourself somewhat to failure and just being creative with the resistance that you can use. Most, yeah, yeah, 100%. Nice. I like that, mate. And look, another trend that I've noticed, um, you know, in the world of social media and Instagram and even with my clients at the minute is everyone seems to be turned into a runner in lockdown. The Strava app has absolutely taken off from something I've never heard of six months ago to something that I know about 500 people on. Um, What's the go, mate? What's your take on that? As someone that comes from a you know a weightlifting background with lots of clients who do resistance training, have you noticed this trend, mate? And, and what are your thoughts on everyone just dropping the iron and, and turning into runners? Look, I'm just going to quickly put it out there that Strava is the most overrated rap, uh, rap most overrated app that I've ever seen. I am a Nike wow. Nike Run Club fanboy. Jesus. So you know, I'm I'm a Nike fanboy on the best of times, um, but the Nike Run Club app is that much better, CB. And I'm uh, well, I'm a Strava fan. I don't know what's wrong with it. Yeah, I'm. Uh, um, Talk me through. What's, what's, double, what's your yeah, I'm, I'm sort of having a uh, you know a little second thought on this podcast now. I've already noticed that we've got a few little disagreements here. We've had soccer. <laughs> well, sorry, oh, sorry, football, and uh, we've had um, we've had Strava and Nike. But I, I don't know Strava. I just find is a little bit you know. I feel like uh, for those out there who know much about the Strava wanker sort of. Uh, you know, demographic. I uh, I don't really see that uh, connotation being given to Nike Run Club. So you know, someone correct me if I'm wrong. But uh, I feel like Nike's um, Nike's for the humble runner. We don't need to tell everyone about it. We just like to run. So Are you calling me a struggle linker, Jay? What? <coughs> uh, no, but you know, I'm, I'm just saying that. You know, there is a bit of the uh, there. There is a sort of uh, oh, so running up a side. What's the go, mate? What's your thoughts? Like, everyone's dropping the iron, everyone's running. I want to know what you think of this, mate, as a personal trainer who, who loves lifting weights. Well, it's the uh, probably the easiest thing that we can do. Uh, we can get outside and we can move our legs fast. And, um, like, you know, when it comes down to it, it's probably, you know, injury permitting aside, it's probably the only thing that we all can do. So, like, some people, you know, they, are, they haven't done much training before, so they can't even do a push-up or they don't know what a squat is. We all know what running is, and we all have an ability to do it. And for most people out there who know, um, running does feel good if you are someone who enjoys it. And yeah, I suppose on that, mate. The other thing is, it's simple. You know, if you're doing yeah. weights, you know, you've got a source of program or a source of trainer, and think about how many sets and reps you're going to do in the form of an exercise and whatever. There's only two steps to a run. You start running. And you keep going. Yep, absolutely. Like, it's simple. I suppose there's one less thing we have to stress and think about. You forgot about stopping, which I do probably every five minutes. There, mate. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, you're spot on. It is simple. It is absolutely the, the easiest form of exercise that we can do. And whether that means it is the best form of exercise we can do, that's a whole other uh, kettle of fish. But at the end of the day, like we have the opportunity still to do it and we all know what it is. And that's why you'll see everyone running. Also, you don't have to wear a mask when you run. So I feel like... You know, <laughs> That is, a, that is a big plus. A lot of people getting around that one. I've, uh, I've been out 
for a couple of walks with uh, with my lovely girlfriend Ali, um, who's a big fan. Shout of the out show. to Ellie. Big fan of the show, by the way. Um, with uh, the old cheese and kisses. We've, we've been sick of walking a couple of times as we've been strolling the streets of Shandri and decided just to go for a jog for about thirty seconds, just so we can take our mask off. Because uh, while it's necessary, we encourage everyone to wear a mask. They can be quite annoying. So that is a positive thing, isn't it? We can uh, we can take the mask off and look. I suppose I want to give you my point of view as well, Jay Walk. Is I was a runner. Back in the day, when I say back in the day, I'm talking about high school. Um, I've I've really actually been for a run in the last ten years since uh, since finishing up in since finishing up in year twelve, and um, I've actually started to enjoy it in the last six months. And as, as you said, I think it's something it's easy, it's something that we can all do, and it's I suppose it's an escape and it's a form of exercise that we we can actually enjoy at the minute with you know sport and gyms being taken away from us. Um, so from a personal point of view, it's something I've really enjoyed, and I think a lot of people have, have seen that, and I think. Well, from my point of view, mate, with any sort of training or exercise, if you're not enjoying it, what's the point? You know. Yeah. So if we can find something we can enjoy, and if that's not lifting weights in the minute because we can't get into a gym, well, you know, whatever it might be, I think that's really important. You don't forget, like, there's such a good point what you just said there. Like, some people don't want to have to alter their program and to you know go from uh, squatting and uh, completing big lifts to uh, having to do you know shopping bag bicep curls and yeah. shit like that. It's a uh, it's a really easy uh, pivot point where you can start to focus on something else, something that you potentially haven't done before. Yeah. And I know like with yourself, Chris, the only running I've seen you do is a uh, is a quick little sprint away from the bar when uh, it's your shower at the, uh, at the Exchange Hotel. So when you say you haven't been running, that's a, uh, that's, a, that's a flat out line. I know uh, pretty much everybody who comes on our little Christmas, uh, Christmas pub crawls can probably back that up here. That's a disgraceful accusation, and I'm just going to not even give it the time of day, JY. I'm going to move straight no, on. I'm joking. You know, you know I'm joking. <laughs> on a slightly more serious note, I did want to mention, look, I've probably seen half a dozen clients who presented to me in the last couple of months um, with running-related injuries because, like you said, you know, every man his dog turned into a runner and a bit of a struggle over the last few months. Um, and a lot Aren't of the time, club, you know, a lot of the time we can get injured when we do something a hell of a lot more than we used to do previously, simply going from zero to 100. And one thing that a lot of runners probably don't realise is that resistance training is so, so important to complement running. Um, and runners typically hate lifting weights, although there are a lot of you know lifters that, that are getting into running now. But I see a lot of running-related injuries at the moment because people have gone from doing shitload of gym training, um, getting themselves really, really strong to none at all, and then they go into run. So they lose all this muscle strength and conditioning, and then they go and put extra load on their joints that their body's not used to by running, and they get injured, where I think it's really, really important to keep yourself running and to keep yourself injury-free is to maintain some sort of level of strength. And that doesn't mean you need to be in the gym five times a week for an hour, but if we can be doing, like you said, a handful of bodyweight exercises or using you know some sort of resistance at home to keep your legs, your calves, your quads, your glutes relatively strong, it's going to go a hell of a long way um, to minimizing injuries that, that we're getting at the moment, as I said, that I'm seeing all the time in the clinic now from people that are running a hell of a lot more than they're used to. Absolutely, and I think it's like vice versa as well when you've got a lot of uh, lifters who are coming into running. Um, the important thing that I remind people as well is that um, you know, you're not just going to walk into the gym and load up a squat, um, load up a barbell with 150 kilos and start squatting. You've got to warm your way up to it, not just in that session, uh, but previously. You have to earn your stripes. And I think, yeah, the lowest amount of running you can do for the uh, the biggest net gains, probably your first port of call. And, um, you know, whether that means you start off with two or three runs a week for five minutes each, or maybe even just a K, and you build that up over time, that's probably the best way you can uh, yeah. you can keep your joints uh, and keep your uh, body happy 
to continue your running endeavors. Exactly right. And I suppose the other benefit of people getting into running as part of their training during this time is there's no competitions that we can aim for. Like people can't train for a marathon, they can't train for a half marathon, they can't train for a fun run, which I mean is frustrating because people like to have those things to look forward to. But at the same time, there's no time pressures on achieving your goals, on you know being able to run 42K straight or being able to break your PB. We can progressively overload just that progressively, nice and slowly without having to risk of injury because once again, another bigger, biggest cause of injuries I see all the time, whether it's running or powerlifting or football or whatever, it's people trying to come back from these very minor issues very, very quickly for the sake of hitting the mark in competition. Um, and I suppose that's something that, you know, we don't have anything specific we need to work towards, which can be frustrating in terms of our motivation, but it means there's no rush to go from, you know, zero to five Ks in two weeks or from five Ks to a half marathon in a month. Yeah. We can really take our time, be realistic and just enjoy the process without absolutely smashing ourselves. So absolutely. Again, make sure that one, we're enjoying it and two, we're not going to get injured. And I had a conversation with a client uh, last week um, and he was telling me, you know, he had a marathon that he had uh, booked in later in this uh later in this year um, and obviously that that's not going ahead so our plan is to have him run um, the marathon in his you know like uh, of, of his own accord and we're going to uh, push the date back a little bit just due to the fact that you know once COVID hit his running sort of fell by the wayside a bit but you know he'd uh, he'd sort of started and uh, without really uh, without really telling me he'd been running almost you know 15 20 k's in his sessions and uh, had been pulling up pretty sore from it so the um the rules don't change really. It's uh we we sat down and we said let's let's drop those sessions um or the you know the amount of running we're doing in those sessions and just start doing them more often. And let's build our body back up because you know if you do set yourself the task to run a half marathon, okay, and if you want to run twenty two k's in October, well you don't need to run twenty two k's now. Yeah. You've got the opportunity to build up to that. So. It's just an important thing, I think, for most people to remember is that you have to sort of earn that uh, that distance. Or for someone who wants to sprint more, you have to earn the speed. It's it's about actually building up to it. You're not just going to uh, be able to run out there and and uh, and smash your twenty two k's. So I think a lot of people probably present to you, Chris, often having done the former there of just trying to uh, to push themselves to a limit that they're not actually able to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, look, the other thing I wanted to, to chat with you today, JY, is apart from the obvious, the health benefits that we're going to get from running or training or lifting weights or whatever, um, a big part of the reason why we do train or play sport or go to the gym or whatever is for our mental health. And like you said, having that routine is so important. It's been sort of ripped away from us at the minute. But um, I suppose I'd like to get your perspective as a coach as to how we can best manage our mental health when we are feeling a bit lousy and flat that we can't be training and doing the things that we love and, and want to be doing at the moment. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a really hard one. And I've actually, like, I've seen a few people on Instagram as well um, sort of uh, bring up that topic. And, um, you know, we get, I know personally, I um, I get a lot of joy and uh, enjoyment out of my, uh, my training. And I know for me, often my sessions each day are probably one of the highlights. But... I guess it's, it's again, it's putting into perspective and it's understanding that, you know, this isn't going to be the case forever. Um, and I think that, you know, the sooner we can sort of remember that whilst we might not be able to progress in the, uh, in the way that we would um, with our regular routines, we can still create a routine and we can still start to uh, implement some habits that are going to give us a, uh, you know, a positive um, outcome later on. And 
you know, like pivoting your focus is such a, it's such a lame word. And I know like every single person has been using that. That Pivot would be the word of 2020. Yeah. Pivot would have to be the word of 2020. But it's, it's still true. Like being able to focus on, on like friends marathons and just imagining Ross Gallagher going down the stairs going, pivot, pivot. Look, I, uh, I think that, that a, I think that a grown male, a grown ass man who watches Friends, needs to probably take a good hard look at themselves and reassess. So, um, yeah, we're just going to pretend that that one uh, oh. that one wasn't brought up there, Chris. Um, well, okay. But focusing on something that's not just uh, you know not just training and is not just lifting weights or you know running marathons or competing in powerlifting comps, something that um, you know you can focus on that you'll get enjoyment out of, and it doesn't even have to be in health and fitness. Like you get a good opportunity here to focus on uh, learning new skills, or um, you know maybe uh, trying trying out that uh, you know that um, the, that recipe that you've uh, looked at and wanted to uh, give a crack. And I know, like you know, some people are learning languages and some people are learning to juggle. Shout out to Maddie Rushworth. We've uh, we've actually set ourselves that task during uh, lockdown. So you know, achieving something that isn't necessarily uh, you know health and fitness based can go a long way to, uh, you know, just keep keep us feeling stimulated. Yeah, and I think that's probably the biggest thing, stimulation. I reckon. And like you said on the whole pivot thing, we're just trying to change the perspective a little bit. I think, uh, you know, we live in a, a very, we live a very privileged lifestyle here in Australia, mate. We're bloody lucky. We've got a hell of a lot going for us, even at the minute. Um, and I suppose what we've got to realise is training, going to a gym, lifting weights, it's, it's a privilege, isn't it? It's not something that, you know, is a God-given right or something that we should just take for granted. It's, it's seriously a privilege. It's a privilege at the moment that's been taken away from us. But, geez, we've got a lot of other good things going for us. Don't we? We've got a lot of other good things to be grateful for. Um, and I think that's that's vitally important, having that, having a bit of perspective and saying, you know what, no, I can't do that at the moment. That sucks. But... How good is this, this, and this that I do have? Um, and being grateful for what we do have in our life at the minute. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, spending the time where we can't go and see our family and our friends, which sucks, but we can still have Zoom chats like this. You know, if this happened 50 years ago, yeah. that wouldn't be able to happen. Um, you know, I think I read something on, on Facebook and Instagram the other day about the Spanish flu that was probably the, the, the most similar thing to this, and it's something that I probably need to educate myself a little bit more about. But that happened over 100 years ago, and yeah, people were locked down and couldn't leave their homes, but when they were at home, they couldn't watch TV or watch Netflix. Like, we complained. There's literally nothing to do. <laughs> there was literally nothing to do. They literally were staring at the walls and watching grass grow. Like, we can connect to, you know, to other people, our family and friends via the internet, via Zoom and via phones, and we can watch Netflix to entertain us till the cows come home. Um, like, all these things, you know, we should be really grateful for. And if we are, if we can change our perspective and really enjoy the things that we do have rather than things we don't, I think that's, you know, from my point of view anyway, really important to look after our mental health at the moment when, you know, things that we do love have been taken away from us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's, you know, it's important to also remember that, like, some people are struggling. Um, and I think, you know, for a variety of different reasons, um, there are people who might not be able to, uh, you know, to, to take that perspective on it. And it's, you know, important to remember to be nice and to, um, you know, offer a, uh, a hand in support to the people around you who uh, might be struggling a little bit more than you. And I know... Um, I know we're all aware of the uh, the implications of these uh, lockdowns on our mental health, but I don't think uh, we can really judge each person's uh, or the effect that uh, they have on each person. So, you know, shout out to someone, um, give them a uh, you know, give them a message and just uh, tell them you're thinking about them and if they want to chat to uh, have a chat with you. Um, you know, some people you never know how much that might have actually helped someone. And I think one thing as well is we've got to be really kind to ourselves at the minute, like. There's no point being harsh on ourselves if we are 
eating a bit more, drinking a bit more, putting on a couple of kegs. Such or a good point. Losing a bit of muscle mass or, you know, if you bench press, you know, in your case, dips below 250 kilos for the first time in a couple of years. Yeah, like, no. So what? You know, we can That's always thing. we can always lose a couple of kegs or put on a bit of size or, or get our strength back later down the track. But I think now's the time to be kind to ourselves and not be too harsh or get down on ourselves for those things happening and realise that, you know what, at the end of the day, like, this is a global pandemic. This is something that is unprecedented into any our lifetime. It's something that hopefully we'll only have to experience once. And we're literally living through history. So not be too harsh on ourselves if we don't, if we're not motivated to train on a particular day, if we're not motivated to, you know, go out and break PBs, if we're not motivated to push ourselves super hard at home and it means that our, you know, our aesthetic goals or our health and fitness goals get pulled in the back burner slightly, while we're doing what we can to prioritise our mental health at this time, then, you know, I think that's, that's really important. Absolutely. And I think long-term, like, if, if this is a blip in our, you know, in, in the time frame of our lives, like this is, at the moment, a you know a hard lockdown which seems grim but you know we'll look back on this next year hopefully when this is all over and we'll be like you know we'll be like remember that stage where we legitimately couldn't do anything well guess what we're doing now you know back to uh, you know regular programming and I think um, you know the sooner we sort of just knuckle down and uh, you know understand that uh, this is a global pandemic and that health and fitness goals will take the back seat on that. The, you know, the easier it is to take the pressure off ourselves. And also, you know, not to say that there's not things we can achieve. You know, there's always, uh, there's always other focuses we can have, as I said before, but, um, you know, don't put too much pressure on, uh, on your uh, handsome self there, Chris. I like it, mate. I like it. Um, awesome. Well, I think we've covered a hell of a lot of great content there, JY, but we're going to head now to what I think is going to be a favorite segment of mine, the Q&A, which is something that's going to appear every single week. Um, we've already got a number of great questions this week that people have hit us up on at Fat underscore podcast, so please keep them coming. We're going to head to a couple now. So first one's for you, JY, um, from Powerlifting Hunting, which I believe is a must be a really big fan of the show, Absolutely. Um, Mr. Hunting. What food could you eat every day? <laughs> um, oh, see, look, I'm gonna go. With, I'm gonna go with frozen mixed berries. I um, I reckon I go through about a kilo. Of, yeah, I go through a kilo of those every couple of days. At the moment, it is a nightmare because they're like sold out of all the different supermarkets. I go supermarket shopping. Um, well, sorry, I go sort of hunting through the aisles of each supermarket in Bayside. The moment's a nightmare. So um, when I do see him, I, I will be honest here. I hope this doesn't lose us some uh, some listeners, but I do like to hoard my frozen berries a little bit. But don't worry, I eat them in you about three days. I, I, I eat them in about three days. Mm. So if the question was what food do you eat a kilo of every day, uh, it would be it'd be mixed berries. But yeah, we're gonna go with that. I reckon you do look a bit like a berry, mate. It's uh, it's definitely more an orange berry. Yeah, gin <laughs> um, more more a mandarin. Um, <laughs> Mate, well, I've got a question here for you as well. So this one's from David. And David has said, if Chris could add any past cap from 2001 onwards to the current Geelong team, who would it be and why? Oh, look, I'm, um, I'm actually pretty happy with the way the cats are, are tracking at the moment. Um, we've relied on the on the star-studded midfielders, Paddy Dangerfield, Joel Saddle, Gaz, for the last few years. And I really like the improvement from the Cam Guthrie's and the Sam Menegolas and the you know the sort of second-tier cats. Menegota is underrated as uh, a Meni- Menegota. Because he's the goat. Because he's the goat. Um, I love him. I he's, love that man. Shout yeah, out to Sam Menegota if he's listening. To I think podcast. he's a big fan of the show, actually. Um, one of my favourites this year, it'd have to be an all-Australian contention. Um, 
But one cat from 2001 onwards to the current team, oh, I couldn't go past Brad Ordens. We've, uh, we've struggled mm-hmm. in the ruck stocks for, for a number of years now. And look, I'm, I'm more of a fan of Rick Stanley now than I was three or four years ago. His best is actually really good, but unfortunately his best comes one every three or four weeks. And Brad Ordens was uh, was one of the catalysts to turn around our horrendous 2006 from the, her, our far, far, far better 2007. So I'd, uh, I'd love to chuck, so chuck Big Otto. Wouldn't go Mark Blake, would you? Mark Blake, oh my God. Um, no, definitely not. Brad Ottens over Mark Blake. There you have it. Definitely. <laughs> Um, so one from Annabelle to Cruz for you, JY. What does chewing the fat actually mean? Well, chewing the fat actually means a half-hour segment every week uh, on your Apple iTunes store where two uh, idiots just uh, talk a whole bunch of shit. Actually, I don't know what chewing the fat means. It's a, it's an old saying. It's like a like I I assume this is this is actually with absolutely no research. It's question. I think it's like when cows or like. Horses. There's one of those farm animals actually just sits there in a field chewing, chewing grass and turns into curd or fat or whatever, and just sits there. And just, you know, just sitting there chewing the fat. Okay. I could be right. I could be wrong. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say that I think that's that's what it means. But to the to the uh, average punter, it's 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 this podcast. <laughs> we this this podcast is gonna be what everybody thinks of when they hear the word chewing the fat. Yeah, that's fair call. It's one of those phrases that, yeah, I don't really know how that originated, but, um, yeah, we're going to take it over and make it our own, eh? Cows in the field. Beautiful. Um, and then I've got one more question for you, Chris, and uh, this is a really good one, actually. So Jared Malloy has asked... Jazz! Uh, what is the treatment for sore or tight calves at the beginning of a running program? Sore and tight calves at the beginning of a running program? Well, this has been, yeah, as we spoke about earlier, a, a, probably a common theme during lockdown. Everyone's becoming a bit of a Strava wanker and enjoying their running. Now, your calves are the major shock-absorbing muscle um, of your lower body, of your legs. So every time that we take a step, your calves have to absor- absorb about 60% of the forces of our body weight. Um, and for that reason, they play a massive, massive part in running. And as we spoke about earlier as well, one of the most important things in injury prevention for runners is resistance training. Um, and the nature of getting sore and tight calves is muscles always become sore and tight for a reason. And nine times out of 10, it's because they don't have the strength, the endurance, the resilience to handle the load that is being asked upon them. Um, now, a lot of this is simply due to people don't train their calves. Right, so sore and tight calves, you can massage them, put heat into them, foam roll them until the cows come home. Um, but the most effective thing and the most important thing is you need to get your calves stronger. So do calf raises, and that's something that is quite simply uh, very, very easy to do at home in lockdown with minimal equipment, some standing body weight calf raises or some seated calf raises with you know any sort of weight that you can sort of muster up with. And as we said earlier, creativity is really important. Um, but most importantly, get your calves strong because they play a massive role in running. And if without strong calves, they're going to just continuously be sore and tight. I think the one other thing I will probably mention is that a lot of us are running um, around the 5K radius of our house just in the streets um, of suburban Melbourne at the minute. And if we can, um, go for a softer surface, you know, grass or bike track, if that's available to you rather than concrete, that can be another really you know, simple way to take that pressure off your calves as you are starting out. And as we just spoke about, hopefully building up a bit of strength and endurance in them. No, that's a good point. I remember uh, a little bit earlier this year when I was getting into uh, getting into my running, I'd had a couple of um, sore little... Uh, well, sort of a few little issues with my calves. And I remember uh, sitting down with you and you telling me about the uh, the average amount of calf raises that uh, that one person should be able to perform on each leg to qualify as a, you know, as a fit and healthy calf, for lack of a better word right now. Do you remember, um, do you remember that golden figure? I think it was 37. 
was 37, so a fit and healthy male, an average fit and healthy male in the in your 20s, which is us. Um, yeah, 37 calf raises is what you should be able to do. And if you can do less than that, then you absolutely need to get to that average. But personally, I like my clients, um, my athletes to be above average. So yep. I think 40 is a really good yep. baseline if not pushing. So you said that. males there, what about females? 32. Yeah, 32 cool. for females. But the same thing, I like to aim high. So yeah. between the 35 to 40 yeah. mark for females who are running, we want to be above average to minimize your Again, strategy. just like going back to a, my sort of experience with it, I think I was only able to get like, like 23 or something. I'm not someone who's ever bothered much with carbs or carb strength. And I got that up to above 37 with the great man here's help, um, but pretty quick. And um, it was uh, so long, see you later, uh, to the calf pain that I'd been experiencing. So, um, yeah. That was a uh, that was a really good question there, Jared. Thanks for uh, thanks for giving us that one. Love it, mate. Thanks, Jazz. Um, so next thing, James, as we spoke about in the intro episode, you are a very wise and knowledgeable man, and one of my favourite features from your project at Baseline Athletic is the bi-weekly emails where you send out some quotes for us to yeah once again hopefully put a smile on people's faces, put things into perspective, and just share some wisdom. So. Do you have a quote for us this week, JY? I sure do. And um, again, digging deep into my uh, little quote book, the um, you know what we've spoken about today and about habits and uh, routine consistency. There's no better person to quote than the great man James Clear, who uh, is Book Atomic Habits. If you yeah, haven't read it, did read that in isolation very recently. Fantastic book, and I, I honestly I reckon I've recommended it to that many people, gifted it to that many people. It's honestly one of the uh, the books that actually has helped me heaps throughout uh, throughout the last six months. So uh, James himself, the great James, the second greatest James, I should say, says you should be far more concerned with your current trajectory than with your current results. And I think you know relating that back to where we're at with uh, with ISO and training and our health and fitness endeavors. If what we're setting ourselves up for is success, okay. Whether it is a uh, a small uh, little implementation of getting up a little bit earlier each day, practicing a bit of uh, gratitude, uh, you know, putting your hand out to someone, being nice, and doing some push-ups in your, uh, you know, during your lunch break. If these are things that are positive and that it, you know, post lockdown we can build upon, who gives a shit what we're doing right now or what we're getting right now? Because, like we said, you know, it's a uh, it's a real unprecedented 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 time and uh you know so long as we're putting in those little bits of work you know long term i think we're going to be just okay that's it mate couldn't agree more i um i love the wisdom of james Clear. how do you say unprecedented how do you say unprecedented unprecedented is it unprecedented unprecedented didn't think it was that difficult mate mate i struggle (laughs) it's uh that's okay you can work on it it's a skill that i'm going to start doing i like it mate now let's try to end on a lighter note um with something mildly humorous what do you reckon uh, well, if it's your joke, then uh, lighter. About that. We'll see how we go. Um, JY, pre-COVID. Chris. Why was the farmer arrested at the gym? CB, tell me, why was the farmer arrested at the gym? <laughs> he was destroying his calves. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs>
All advice is general in nature. For any physical health concerns, please see a trusted health professional.